We're in Micah, on chapter 5. We can turn to that uh, passage. This is page Israel whose origins are from of old, from ancient times. Therefore, Israel will be abandoned until the time when she is in labor gives birth, and the rest of his brothers return to join the Israelites. He will stand and shepherd his flock in the strength of the Lord, in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God, and they will, be, they will live securely, for then uh, his greatness will reach to the ends of the earth, and he will be their peace. When the Assyrian invades our land and marches through our fortresses, we will raise against him seven shepherds, um, eight, even eight leaders of men. They will rule the land of Assyria with a sword and the land of Nimrod withdrawn a sword. He will deliver us from the Assyrian when he invades our land and marches into our borders. The remnant of Jacob will be in the midst of many peoples, like dew from the Lord, like showers on the grass, which do not wait for man or linger for mankind. The remnant of Jacob will be among the nations, in the midst of many peoples, like a lion among the beasts of the forest, like a young lion among the flocks of sheep, which mows and mangles as it goes, and no one can rescue. Your hand will be lifted up in triumph over your enemies, and all your foes will be destroyed. In the day, declares the Lord, and I will destroy your horses from among you and demolish your chariots. I will destroy the cities of your land and tear down all your strongholds. I will destroy your witchcraft and you will no longer cast spells. I will destroy your carved images and your sacred stones from among you. You will no longer bow down to the work of your hands. I will uproot from among your uh, ashra poles and demolish your cities. I will take vengeance in anger and wrath upon the nations that will have not obeyed our men. Now, for the sake of those, those who are not here in the morning, um, I said in the morning that if there is anything that you can be able to take away today 
concerning Micah is that the way the prophecy is arranged is that there are warnings, right, judgments, and then there is hope. That's, that's how he has prophesied. You'll find uh, there's a number of warnings that are given, and then um, he comes up with a, with a hope. Now, in the morning, we looked at uh, what drives people away from God. And uh, basically, we saw that uh, it is sin. It is their disobedience of God's law. It is that kind of uh, turning away from God, rebellion against God, that um, you know, drives people away you know, from God. But the Lord, not only does he pronounce judgment, but he also brings hope. And uh, there are certain things that the Lord requires. He requires that there is justice, there is love of mercy, there is walking in humility. But that we can't do on our own unless the Lord um, touches our hearts, first of all. And then we considered, who is a God like you? Now addressing the Almighty God concerning his character, that God is the one who pardons sin, who forgives transgression, He's a merciful God. He's compassionate and can be able to take sin underfoot and our iniquities will be thrown under the sea. This God has promised from Abraham that his descendants will be many. God does not want to punish people. He wants them to come uh, to know God through the Lord Jesus Christ. And so now, one of those uh, hopes, you know, there's warnings, and uh, this afternoon we just want to focus on one particular, you know, hope. I have entitled it this afternoon that Christ is the answer. Christ is the answer. If you look at Acts chapter 4, verse 12, uh, in Acts chapter 4, and verse 12, We read, salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to men by which we must be saved. What that verse is saying is we can only be saved through the Lord Jesus Christ. There may have been big names, maybe political names. There may be uh, big religious names in the world out there. Whatever name you may have come across in the world, anywhere in the world, there is no other name under heaven by which we must be saved except the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. That is a, a fact that we must always remember that. Because sometimes people come up. I mean, in Zambia one time somebody came up and said, I'm Jesus. Um, he just pitched up and uh, he called himself he was Jesus. He was not. He is not. He was just a false prophet. And there are many that have come up like that. There is only one name. And that is the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So all these, um, the breaking of the law in the Old Testament, 
you know, uh, the judgments that God is talking about, the punishment that he can pass, the answer to all these problems is the Lord Jesus Christ, because in him our sins are dealt with once and for all. So you, you have this um, Micah chapter 5 and verse 2. Please look at that verse. Micah 5 verse 2. It like takes us to Christmas time, is it? But you, Bethlehem, Ephrathah, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one who will be ruler over Israel, whose origins are from of old, from ancient times. So this is not just David. This is not just David. I think the, the prophet was looking far, not just at David, because the origins of this particular uh, person who was going to be born in Bethlehem are from the, from the ancient times. Now when God says, uh, the word of God says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. We are talking about the Lord Jesus Christ. Right? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now remember that the Lord Jesus Christ was there. He is from the beginning. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit have been together from eternity. And then the prophet brings up this, that he was going to be born in Bethlehem. Here is the hope for mankind. The biggest hope that you can ever, you know, uh, have. The shepherd king arrives and the remnant is restored. I'll tell you a story, not a good one, but uh, it is there anyway. I know of someone in Zambia who, when she was born, the mother didn't want the baby. And so she went in the, in the bush and threw the mother in the bush, I mean, threw the baby, <laughs> uh, threw the baby in the bush, basically to get rid of it. And then there was somebody who passed by and heard the baby crying. And, uh, you know, in these uh, small places, it's very easy to know who was pregnant <laughs> in this particular village or this particular town, if they, they are close to each other. So this person suspected that such, such a lady was pregnant, but no, she's no longer, you know, looking. Maybe she has delivered. So he, he took, I don't know whether he or she, or them, took the baby to that family. And that lady didn't want the baby. So now they, but that, that was her baby. So the grandmother uh, took over, you know, looking after that baby. And she grew. And uh, even prospered. She, she, she actually, you know, ended up in the UK and she, she was doing quite well. But the relationship between her and the mother, obviously, wasn't good. But the point I want to bring is uh, that baby, when it was thrown in the bush, there was no way it was going to rescue itself. It was helpless 
it was dependent on someone else rescuing that particular baby. That's not the only story. I think you have heard about South America. There was a time when some miners were trapped underground. They could not rescue themselves. Right? They were destined to die and unless rescue came from elsewhere. And anyway, providentially they were, they were, they were rescued. But not by themselves. They were actually, you know, hopeless and helpless in that particular state. Now, I, I hope we can be able to understand this. But when Micah says, uh, not only am I giving you these warnings, and I'm giving you the hope, and the hope is in Christ, and in Christ alone. You cannot change yourself. No matter how religious, no matter how many times you go to a good church, no matter how much good you do, there is nothing you can do to save yourself. All that we do in the world is like filthy rags. We need somebody from outside ourselves to be able to save us. And that is the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. We cannot save ourselves. We cannot trust ourselves. We are dead and, and are buried in our sins. Let me read uh, some few verses from Ephesians and chapter 2. Very familiar uh, verses that we have come across. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 1 says, As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins, in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world, and the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our sinful nature and following its desires and thoughts like the rest who were by nature objects of wrath. But, but because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in our transgressions, it is by grace you have been saved. God has raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus, in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you've been saved through faith, and this not from yourselves. It is a gift of God, not by works, and so that no one can boast. For we are God's workmanship, 
seated in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared uh, uh, in advance for us uh, to do. Micah is saying, there is hope for Israel, there is hope for the Gentiles, but that hope is only coming from the outside ourselves. It is only Christ who can come and give us life. We cannot get this life from ourselves. And I think that's a verse which many of us have memorized, Ephesians you know, 2 verse 8. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is a gift, 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 gift of God. In our own selves, we are, we are dead and buried. Only God has given us life. Regeneration is something that God does uh, in us to give us life. It's not something we can manufacture. We are dead in our trespasses and sins. And so in, um, in those days when they were terribly disobeying God and they were going to go in exile, but there was this hope that Christ was coming and whoever believes in him will have you know, eternal life. Bethlehem was a tiny, tiny place. But Bethlehem is well known because that's where Christ was born. Right? You may think about some very tiny towns in the, in the UK, but if there was some important person who came from there, those towns are now you know, known. Right? Tiny place, but that's where Christ was born. And he is the one who brings the greatest hope that man can ever have. David was born in Bethlehem, but it is the king of kings that is being talked about here. David was a shadow of a king. Uh, uh, Jesus is like, like a foreshadow of Christ. But now we have the king of kings himself. That is the Lord Jesus Christ. And he had to be a descendant of David. He had to be a descendant, you know, of David. And that's what the scriptures, you know, as it were taught, you know, prophesied, you know, beforehand. So I, I, I hope each one of us will be able to take this, that it is not what we do. It is what Christ has done. Our hope is empty without Christ. It is empty. We can be able uh, to trust what God has done. And as a result of that, even, now, even us who are Gentiles, I don't know how many Jews we have here, but uh, those without Jewish background are Gentiles, wherever they come from. And now we have been engrafted in. We can have life eternal because of what Christ, you know, has, you know, done in our lives. But notice that Christ came first time to save and is going to come the second time to rule. Right? So the first coming of Christ, if you follow the teachings, like for example, you look at uh, the, book of, uh, uh, the, the book of Mark, the way he, he rushes to the cross, talking about the Lord Jesus Christ. Who is this one? Who can raise the dead? Who is this one? Who the, even the winds obey? Who is this one? You know, the demons are dealt with. Who is this one? They had all these questions about the identity of Christ. 
And in the end, it was known that he is the Messiah. He is the promised Messiah in Micah and in many other Old Testaments. You know, the, the Bible is one. The Old and the New is one. Christ is spoken about in the Old Testament as well as the New Testament. And so now we are able to see that actually it is him. And in the Gospels, we have all these things which showed about, you know, what Christ is and what he can be able to do. And as a result of what he did, um, we now have, you know, life eternal. Christ came as a savior. He didn't condemn the sinners. He wanted the sinners to be saved. Even those who are caught in adultery, he was able to uh, say, if anyone has not seen, let them throw their first stone. You, f you find he did not condemn. He did not come to judge. He did not come to condemn. He came so that men and women can come you know, to know the Lord. His first coming is about salvation. And if we miss our salvation because of his, I mean, because of whatever we want to do in our lives, we have the most to be pitied because his second coming, these judgments that Micah was talking about for Israel, they happened. The Israelites were disobedient and so they were sent into exile. They were under the Babylonians. They were under the Assyrians. Exactly what the Lord had said would take place, took place. You know that what the Bible says is always right. So when the Bible says Christ is coming for the second time to reign, to be the ruler, to separate the goats from the sheep, those that are not in the Lord Jesus Christ will be cast into the outer darkness where they will spend eternity without God. That is going to happen. The point is that we, it doesn't matter what we think. You know, we can analyze and say, no, this, uh, you know, we critic this, like in universities, eh? Critic this, critic the other, and then, uh, you know, you don't even come up with an answer. And, uh, no, <laughs> here, when biblical truth is concerned, what, uh, biblical truth is such that you are either with the Lord when we are not, you either believe in the scriptures or you don't, you are either a child of God or you are not. There is no beating about the bush, the gray areas. You are either his child or you are not his child. And so if you die without the Lord Jesus Christ, then the next thing that will come is judgment. There is nothing like going into purgatory, waiting. Maybe you'll be transferred to heaven at one time. No. It is appointed unto man to die once and after that comes, you know, judgment. That comes, you know, judgment. The world today is trapped in sin. Right? They, I mean, if you look at uh, uh, Ephesians, you know, the way people are held, you know, in sin. You look at Romans about sin. I think you've been dealing with that. It's all over. People don't realize that they will end up in hell uh, for not uh, acknowledging the Lord Jesus Christ. They, many of them uh, are simply lost. They don't know about this. And that's why the believers are there, to warn them about the dangers to come. 
That's why we have the prophets like Micah, who was able to warn the people that there is danger coming unless you obey the Lord. And now we are in a very privileged situation where Christ has come. He has died, he was buried, and he rose again. He is now at the right hand of the Father, interceding, you know, for us. The Lord is going to come. Whether you like it or not, it's not you who is going to decide. It is not the media which is going to decide. It is not any particular uh, leaders of this world who are going to decide. See, the world has been looking for peace. They never get it, really. I mean, uh, remember the 1948, set up the United Nations and said, now, after the Second World War, now we're going to have peace in the world. Where are we? There's a war in Ukraine. Right? What is the United Nations doing? Powerless. Powerless. Not only that, I mean, there have been other wars in the, uh, in Europe, in Africa, in, anywhere in the world. They are there. The world will not have peace. It is only when you are in the Lord Jesus Christ that you will have peace. The thing that can change a nation is when the hearts of men and women are changed by them following the Lord Jesus Christ. That's, that's the only change that will make uh, a nation change. I mean, like in Zambia, our politicians said, uh, we are not Hindu, we are not Muslim, we are Christians. And so they put in the constitution that Zambia is a Christian nation. Doesn't mean individual people are Christians. Not at all. There's a lot of corruption. <laughs> uh, people are still sinners. Unless the hearts of men and women are changed, you know, there's, there's, there's no uh, Christianity as it were. No matter what statements you proclaim, it has to be a heart transformation. The Lord must take control of our hearts. Then that hope will be there. That hope is there for those who are in the Lord Jesus Christ. Micah says he will be born in Bethlehem and Christ was born in Bethlehem. That, you know, the prophecies have been fulfilled and people are still uh, rejecting Christ. The Bible is the most popular book in the world even where they don't want it. In Zambia, it has been translated in literally every language. And we have 73 languages. It's been translated, and every place has got a Bible. Why has that happened? Because the Lord wants everyone to be aware of the danger, you know, to come. And so that they can know Christ in a very uh, personal way. Christ is the answer. The Lord Jesus Christ is the answer. I'm not saying that all our problems are going to go when Christ comes in, like the prosperity teachers that, uh, you know, you no longer fall ill, you, you will not be poor because you are, you are, you know, you now know Christ. No, that's the point. That's not what I'm saying. Christians will suffer, even persecution will come, you know, but where there's persecution, you find the church grows. 
the church grows. There was a time when um, the Soviet Union used to want to make Africa Marxist. You know, they, they got students from Zambia so that they can go to Russia and read Marxism and bring it to Zambia. And uh, what they didn't know is that some of these students had been served in Scripture Union. And uh, when the socialism collapsed, they have started churches in Russia. Um, that's the, you know, God's humor. He, he does things in, in his own ways. So whatever he has purposed, he's going to accomplish his purposes. There is hope in the Lord Jesus Christ. That's, he is the answer for many of the issues that uh, the UK is, 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 is battling with. Things that we are struggling with. The answer is the Lord Jesus Christ. The King of Kings is the one who is the ruler of this world. Where did COVID come from? Suddenly the world was in a mess and we had no answers at all. Anything can happen in this world. We don't know. But you know, if we are in the Lord Jesus Christ, we are safe. Right? We are not afraid to die because whenever we die, we are with the Lord. So the answer that we have is the Lord. And I hope we can use that to speak to our children. You know, it's very, very sad to have a situation where you are saved and you are going to heaven and your children are not believers. It, it's, 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 it's painful. We need to be praying and fasting over our children. Or you have children that are saved and their parents are not saved. And their parents are about to die, as it were. Or that the children might pray and agonize because the transformation of their heart is the work of God. By grace are you saved through faith. It is not your own doing. And so when the church calls for a prayer meeting, I don't know whether... You know, you make sure you are available to come and pray for specific names of people that can come to know the Lord. Bring your family members to the church so that they can, uh, the church can pray so that they come to know the Lord. The prayer meeting is very critical for the life of the church because salvation comes from the outside. The person can't change themselves. And that we have to, to appeal to God. You know, we have to agonize to God. How many times have we uh, had a prayer and fasting time for the salvation of men and women that we know, that we know. We have to pray for people to be, to be saved because it, it is God who does that work. Right? Salvation is not something we can manufacture. It is God who saves people. And therefore, our part is to cooperate with God. Wherever there has been a revival, somebody has been praying. Somebody has been praying. I mean, it's, it's not a formula that when we pray, then we have revival. No. But where there has been a revival, people have been praying. And so we need to take this very seriously, that uh, it is God who is going to do a work. And you can start it here with the church here. And that will spread to other parts, you know, of the country. I worked for Friends International for about 10 years. And uh, London is said to be the most cross-cultural 
city in the world. If there was a, a revival there, you know, we were dealing with students from all over the world. Um, the, the best responses in terms of coming to know the Lord were mostly Chinese. When uh, a revival breaks out in London, if it broke out in London, the world will know about it at just the click of a button, you know? Um, the WhatsApp message will go to any part of the world. All that we may be part and parcel of the great awakening of the church of God in this land, beginning with our prayer meeting, beginning with our commitment in the local church, playing our part, using the means of grace that God has given us. Are we available at the church prayer meeting? Are we available for the breaking of bread? Are we available at, uh, at apostles' teaching, you know, the, the teaching of the scriptures? Are we available to have fellowship? Yes, lunchtime was fellowship. Eh? That was great. <laughs> uh, we need to be like the early church. You know, accepted to. That is the model of a church where people, when they are saved, they get baptized. You know, we don't know anything about unbaptized believers apart from the thief on the cross. Right? When you are, when you are a believer, you need to get baptized. That's part and parcel of the commitment to a local church. Those means of grace, we must use them. But all I was saying this afternoon is um, the answer to all those troubles of the children of Israel, um, their disobedience to the Torah, you know, the judgments that they went through is the Lord Jesus Christ. And you remember that after, you know, after they are coming back from exile, it's, you know, there was like a period of silence about 400 years, and then Christ came. Right? Christ came. And he just brings something totally new. And the time the day of Pentecost comes, the church is established. And the reason uh, why there was Pentecost is that Christ may be preached. And so you have Simon Peter standing up and say, these men are not drunk. It is Christ who you crucified. And that's why, you know, this has happened. And you know, Peter and John, where they went on preaching Christ with power, you know, where they were empowered by the Holy Spirit. And from, no, from there on, there was boldness. They were, they were no longer afraid, as it were, and because the Holy Spirit had empowered them to preach, you know, God's word. Oh, that we may be like the early, you know, the early church for, for God's glory. Let's, um, let's just pray briefly. Lord, we, I want to give thanks for what you've done through the Lord Jesus Christ in many nations, in many countries, in different generations. Those that have surrendered their hearts to the Lord and are walking with him, their lives have been transformed. The way they are looking at things in life is totally different. They're just preparing for an eternity with God and helping others to come to know the Lord. Oh, be gracious to each one of us here that we may be partners with Christ in making Christ known wherever we are. You know, for this we pray and we ask in Jesus' name. Amen.